G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. There are some predictions that should spark some degree of optimism in business people as economic activity is expected to grow in momentum in the coming two years. Investors are upbeat, companies are recording record profits, the Australian economy has enjoyed its strongest performance in history over the past six months. In states like South Australia, it's reported small business confidence has risen to its highest level in 15 years. And the latest GDP figures show the Australian economy grew 3.1% in the fourth quarter last year, and a broad-based recovery is underway. So as a Christian in business, no doubt you've borne some of the impacts of a shaking over this past year, and you've felt the effects of the COVID economic crisis. Now, as a Christian, knowing that we're not immune from shocks, our faith in God strengthens our resolve to press on knowing that God has our back. Now, our special guest today expects there is a coming boom for business. Wes Hone is the founder of the Kingdom Business Summits, and he's about to launch a national tour. He's a leading faith in business thinker, having built and sold eight companies since the age of 18. Well, Wes teaches Christian entrepreneurs how business principles apply to the marketplace so they can build highly profitable businesses as well as influence the world around them. His upcoming tour is called the Momentum Tour. We'll talk about that shortly, but Wes Hone, a special welcome back to 2020. It's so good to be back with you, Neil. Wes, let's talk boom times. Uh, We've had a lot of discussion on this program about how people have dealt with crisis situations uh, with the economic crisis. Now we've got a prediction for boom times, and it's not just you that's predicting that. As I've mentioned, some of those statistics come from some of the latest media reports about what people are talking about for the future. Give us your impression of what you're anticipating for this next couple of years. Yeah, I think we're going to go into a boom that's possibly 36 to 48 months long. I think it's going to be a, you know, quite a protracted good time economically. I guess uh, we, you know one of the stats for me that I'm looking at is household savings and, 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 and business bank account savings. And so Treasury have actually put out a report uh, over the last three to four weeks quantifying how much of the stimulus is remained unspent. Um, and it's sitting at over $200 billion of stimulus out of only about 240 or 250 remains unspent. So that is sitting, you know, I guess as latent economic potential uh, inside, you know, private bank accounts and company bank accounts. And, and I guess we've got to take a bit of a step back and go, okay, well, what about the Australian culture? And, uh, you know, if we take a look at the last economic fallout being the GFC, uh, pre that time, uh, Australia, Australians were the second worst in the world uh, at spending. Australians lived off 108% of their household income pre-GFC. So their household income plus some credit cards. But when GFC hit, they actually became the world leader in prepaying their mortgage because of the fear of the media. And then obviously in the fullness of time, they actually went back to 107% of their household income. So we can learn that Australians are spenders. 
So as long as there's fear and, and, and media news about what's going on, Australians will withhold. As soon as that stops, Australians will spend like sailors. Now, let's talk about fear for a few moments here because today we're talking about the potential for an economic boom. And uh, even as I was checking news reports this morning, yesterday there was a fall in our stock market. And so what I've noticed over many, many years is that one day you've got reporting that's talking about the economic boom times. Next day, you've got fears of a market crash and things that could go bad. The way the media reports these things often affects the way we feel about how our future is unfolding, and that has its effects on business people too. What are your thoughts about the the roller coaster of the way people will get impressions about whether they should be pessimistic or optimistic? Well, I think naturally people would prefer to gravitate to pessimistic, uh, but I think... Um you know, I, I think pessim- pessimism definitely uh, sells more papers or uh, gets more clicks. And uh, and so that would definitely be part of the strategy of, of the mainstream media for sure. Um, ultimately, though, I, I always want to go counter cycle, right? Uh, you know, a wise man said to me when I was young, observe the masses and do the opposite. You know, the Bible says my kingdom is not of this world. And so... And I kind of I'm kind of happy if they all run in the opposite direction because it will mean more opportunity for me. What about Christians in all of this? Because sometimes we think our Christian faith is just some little thing we do on the side and, you know, our family and we take our children to church and have them in the kids' church on a Sunday and then we're back to work on Monday and somehow or other our faith stays back in the church. Let's take faith into the marketplace for a few moments. I know that you are an exponent of the idea of taking your faith to work with you and being a part of your business pursuits. How do you encourage people to think about their business as an extension of what they do on Sunday when they're worshipping God? I mean, to me, I don't know how you can separate them. You know, I mean, I'm not a different person on Sunday to Monday. Uh, You know, I'm a full-time minister of the gospel. It just so happens that for me, that's in the marketplace. And, uh, And so they're inseparable for me. And and for me, in my research of Scripture, um, you know, I can see that the economy has a, a massive impact on the kingdom of God. Like we, we can use business to advance the kingdom of God. There's, there's no doubt about it. There's, there's plenty of stories in Scripture about how the economy and, and, and things like that have helped kingdom culture. I mean, right back to the beginning, God told us how to trade. It, it's all there laid out right at the beginning of the, of the Bible. And so if he laid out how we should trade and how we should do things, then I don't know how we could separate those from our Sunday life. So, you know, for me, I think this there's an obligation and a duty for us to use the gift and talent of business for the primary purpose of advancing the kingdom of God and secondary purpose for ourselves. Uh, this idea of having primary purposes and secondary purposes, perhaps this is what separates this idea of having a Christianized mindset and a secularized mindset because we might say, and I know people sometimes are fearful of, you know, what will I do if I'm going to be fully committed to God in my business? Well, what are the pursuits if you don't? And that really is just a self-seeking exercise, isn't it? Yes, because, and there is a priority is that the Bible talks about seek first the kingdom, right? Which means there must be a second and a third and a fourth possibly. Uh, but we're talking here about seeking first the kingdom, you know, and and for me, that's business people uh, in, and in business. And so the, seek second, possibly nice things for myself. But, but ultimately, we've got to put the kingdom of God first. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. 
This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Wonderful to have you with us on this Friday edition of 2020. We're talking business and an optimistic outlook on the idea that there are boom times ahead in the coming years. Our special guest is Wes Hone. He's the founder of the Kingdom Business Summits. He teaches Christian entrepreneurs. Uh, Wes, you've got a tour coming up. It's called the Momentum Tour. It'll be getting underway on the 22nd of March. And for listeners in southeast Queensland, Brisbane on the 22nd, Gold Coast on the 23rd, people all around Australia will be able to live stream that 22nd of March presentation. You're going to be in Sydney on the 24th, Melbourne the 25th, Adelaide the 26th. You are going to be. It's a whirlwind tour, isn't it? So... Uh, It's called the Momentum Tour. Give us an idea here what you might be sharing with business people in these upcoming meetings. Yeah, so I called it the Momentum Tour because, you know, if you look at the last 12 months, um, you know, for businesses, they, they kind of fell in one of two categories. Some of those business owners... Their business is absolutely prospered from day one. They they were they may be going well, and then literally overnight it was like a tap turned on, and and, and business went really well. Well, so for those people, right, we've got to keep this momentum. We don't want it to be a flash in the pan. We've got to take this level of growth that's just happened in their businesses and and, and look at ways to maintain that so that it becomes the standard norm. There are another group of business owners who literally it was like the, the you know the lights turned off for them. Uh, you know, we were in the events space, so literally you know that whole side of our business shut overnight. And so for those people, they may have to regain momentum, right? They had momentum before COVID. They lost it. At some point, they've got to kind of go, okay, well, let's, let's do the work. Let's grind it back out. Let's get that momentum that we had before. So, so the reason why we're calling it the Momentum Tour is because we're going to work with both of those groups. We're going to work with those who are flying and, and need to maintain it and those that need to regain the momentum that they once had. Okay, momentum, if you've become uh, either your business has stopped and you need to get things back again, or if you've become a little bit apathetic, uh, perhaps relying on some of the government programs and just waiting until somehow or other somebody says it's all over and you can get back to normal. So uh, we sometimes wait to hear our cues from the government. I wonder whether as a Christian, you wait for the government cues or you wait for that still small voice, that cue from God. What are your thoughts here about Christians and business when it comes to getting that momentum? That's a really good point. And, and I guess that's why I decided... Uh, you know, you lock me down for 11 months and I'm tearing to get back out, right? And so I decided there will be a lot of people that wait too long and they will miss some of this golden opportunity that's ahead of us. And so that's why I decided, I mean, it's a little bit of a punt, right? To organize five cities in five days, speaking all day, flying all night with 50% of flights canceled. Like, like there's, it's a challenge in that. But I just wanted to be the first out to grab those people to say, it's going to be great if you want it to be. Let's not wait for the media to tell us or the government to tell us. Let's go and be the head and not the tail and let's get out there and make it happen. Well, I think just to pause for a moment, just to reflect on that, because sometimes when we're Christians in business, we're looking at what everybody else in a worldly sense is doing. So honour to you here, Wes Home, wanting to be first out of the blocks, set some pace, get Christian business people thinking business. I know one of the things that you'll be talking about in your upcoming tour is this idea of, you know, we have this biblical imagery, don't we, of a transfer of wealth. And uh, sometimes people talk about, a, you know, the transfer of wealth from the wicked into the hands of the righteous. 
And we wonder how that might happen. But I imagine that if you think a little bit logically about that, it's going to happen out of a crisis where everybody's in the same boat, but where people of faith who have a distinct advantage because God is on our side have an opportunity to grasp something that God has for his people. What are your thoughts on transferring wealth? I think now is our moment in time. You know, uh, there's there's a lot of conferences on the transfer of wealth. They, they happen all the time, usually by people that aren't even in the theater of warfare to be part of it. Um, you know, in the absence of war, if you look through the Old Testament, it was war that would cause the transfer of wealth. After they took out a nation, they would plunder the city and, and keep moving. Um, you know, today, it, outside of war, it would happen during an economic meltdown. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, the scripture says the wealth of the wicked stored up for the just. It doesn't say the wealth of the wicked stored up for the believer, right? Because there's probably a distinction there between how you operate. Just being a Christian probably doesn't qualify you for being part of the transfer of wealth. I think it's you, you have to be showing the Lord that you're doing business his way. Right, trading his way, looking after the widow, the, the orphan, the poor, everybody in the deal. Like, I think, I think we have to have a conversation around what is the just that the the transfer is going to go to, um, and then and then when you're part of that, um, you know, this is this is probably a this is possibly a once in a lifetime opportunity that's ahead of us now, and and you're right, we can't wait for somebody to tell us that the transfer is happening. We, we've got to go on the offensive on behalf of the kingdom of God. And go and do business and do more business and bigger business and start new products and start new businesses for the sake of bringing in more revenue, for the sake of funding more strategic projects. For some, it might be the idea perhaps of waiting for the wealth to be poured out without much effort. Mm. And uh, I suspect you've got a different perspective on that. Because if you talk about the transfer of wealth and in an economic crisis environment emerging from that, Are we talking here about the transfer of customers? Because if you're in business, customers are the way that the wealth comes to you. How do you think about that and and the way Christians might think about caring for their customers? Yeah, I mean, there is a bit of a school of thought around the transfer of wealth that the Lord does it on our behalf. And uh, and almost just by praying in a prayer closet, we're going to be transferred assets and and cash flow. I still haven't met anybody that's been the recipient of that. Um, I think usually... The, the transfer of wealth is going to come dressed up in overalls and look like a lot of hard work. That's how it's going to look. But we've got to go and grab it and take it and make the most of this opportunity. And so when you are talking about the usual uh, marketing tools, the usual way that you do business, how is it that the Christian mindset has to adjust to get the best out of those techniques of growing our business? Well, I mean, I mean, just I mean, I always to approach the kind of answer to that. I think about the alternative. Like, if we don't adopt what's available in the world today, what's what's likely to happen? Well, if we're still running business like two thousand and eleven, or 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 two thousand and eight, or nineteen ninety eight, then we can only use the tools available of that day. Well, that's going to leave a whole bunch of opportunity on the table. We've got to adopt the tools available and given to us today. And and there are you know some of those are social and, and digital and, and things like that, um, and, and some of them are the old school things of just connecting with people and asking for referrals and those sort of things. But but we've got to be on the leading edge of using the tools available today, 
Otherwise, how are we going to get our reach big enough to make the most of the opportunity in front of us? Wes, we're just a couple of minutes out from news. Let me just bring us back and uh, keep our feet on the ground here. I know that there'll be people who are very excited about our conversation. Let's just bring this back. uh, Another scriptural reference, and we might say Solomon's wisdom. And uh, it's about attitude here. But uh, in Proverbs chapter 23, verses 4 and 5, looking at timeless wisdom here, uh, Solomon says, Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches, and they're gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. When we're talking business and success, sometimes people read various passages from the Scripture and they feel uncomfortable about the idea of pursuing, the idea of making a profit. And uh, give us your thoughts here as you bring into those sorts of biblical wisdom statements as to what that might mean for people today in business. Well, before I knew uh, God's ways of doing business, I had lots of money that grew wings and flew away because I didn't understand how to how to handle finance. Um, the Bible said, like that scripture says, do not wear yourself out to get rich. That is not what we're talking about here. There's a massive difference between going into business for the sake of building a massive profit to give it away, to fund projects, to do you know the Lord's work and getting rich myself. The difference is, Uh, One seeks first the kingdom and one seeks first self. So this isn't about getting rich. This is about using the gifts and talents and call of business to make more money, to do more good work. Wes Hone, let's just reflect back for a moment because when we're talking about you doing a tour, the momentum tour that's coming up, this is not new for you. You like to get on your bike and do a bit of traveling. And uh, the Kingdom Business Summits have gone from strength to strength over the years, I guess, until COVID hit last year. And a bit of a, a bit of a pause for you, but just reflect for us going back to some of those early beginnings for the business summits. Yeah, the first Kingdom Business Summit was literally just an idea I felt the Lord dropping me in 2012. So we ran one uh, in New August with 28 people in the room. Two days, it was it was a really good time, uh, and then they basically grew from strength to strength. Right, you know, we we've grown from twenty eight people to to two thousand. Uh, you know, that would come to the summits in more recent years, and so I well, thank God for that growth. It's been crazy. Um, yeah, so we we go we would go from from one city to to five cities, but obviously in twenty twenty it was a really interesting story. We we were booked for five cities, <clears throat> and and they're a big deal now. That means five lots of my team traveling, five prophetic teams, five ministry teams, five bands, you know, uh, f- five volunteer teams all flying around the country t- to pull these events off. And last year, we, we, we did the first one in Brisbane when COVID was a, was a bit of a, was a conversation, but it was a bit of a laugh. Uh, and then two weeks later, it was in Sydney and it was getting quite hectic. And the next week in Melbourne, the rules were changing by the hour. And then from, from that event, we got shut down and we couldn't do the rest of the tour, which was a bit of a shame. So yeah, they've been around for a little while, but they were these big two-day events. Uh, this Momentum Tour, because of the logistics issue, that's why I'm doing it in five days, not five weeks, because I want to kind of do it condensed. Uh, and they're just one day, really intense, practical shot in the arm. We're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take some calls. David is in Perth. Hello, David. Welcome along. Yes, good morning to both you, uh, you all this morning. David, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, my thoughts are I'd like to look at the 
the boom-bust cycle. So people go into this boom cycle and then go into the bust cycle. It has these cycles. But one of the things that um, we didn't have before, the law that's been passed, which few, few people know about, is that um, when we had the last economic crash, the government passed laws which says they can confiscate your uh, money in the uh, bank account um, or freeze that money in the account so you can't take it out like they did in Cyprus during the height of the economic crash. Um, so that's something that people need to be aware of and need to um, factor into what their outlook is because once you have another uh, problem, um, they might be caught unawares. David, let's, thing, uh, it, let's take uh, that point here for a moment, get uh, Wes's thoughts on that, because, uh, yes, there are going to be some things that do change legally in business when there has been a crisis as big as we have had uh, with the COVID crisis. Uh, is that something that you ought to be concerned about, even fearful about? Is that something that would whet your appetite for being in business and pressing on to have some level of godly success here. What are your thoughts here for David? Yeah, so I don't think it's anything to be fearful of. I really don't. I think, you know, as business people, we've always played a game of cat and mouse with our policymakers, right? Policymakers, I think some strain of policymakers go out of their way to make it difficult and then we have to work out a way to get around it. That's that's never been any different, right, For the, in, in modern history. And so... Uh, I'm aware of these laws that have been passed. You know, they are corrupt in my opinion. But but what's my response to that? Is it is it like is it that it's just got really hard? Am I supposed to be fearful of um you know an economy that my lord wants me to dominate? Like I, to me, it's it's still business as usual when those things happen. Um, and and I think there are probably worse policies coming, uh, in terms of wealth creation, but. But we will just we'll just have to circumnavigate them. Remember, the Lord brings the blessing, and, uh, and 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 one of the ways to get around that is just make more money and give it away, and then none of this matters anyway. And so I guess if there's red tape, if there's risk, if there's all sorts of new regulations, uh, then you've got to live live with it and deal with it. Uh, David, thank you for making a great point there. Let's continue to take some calls. Troy is on the line from Kananara in WA. Hello, Troy. Welcome. Uh, g'day, Neil. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, my my uh, I guess concerns were based around what David just said as well. You know, I've noticed a lot of laws changing over the last um, you know twelve months, and they seem to have snuck in with it. You know, and and policies around you know how we do business. And yeah, praise God, we've got that hope. You know, but. Um, your your but, thoughts for uh, for Troy Wes? Yeah, Troy. Um, I guess you know, for me, I I guess I come back to the same thing. Like they are real. Uh, those policies, they are little tripwires. You know, you could probably throw them in the camp of of you know communist thinking. Um, and and it still doesn't bother me because my God's not concerned by any of this. He he's not. God's not worried that you know the heart of some of the humans is corrupt. I still think that. I'm graced and anointed and called to do business on behalf of the king. And that shouldn't matter whether it's rosy or whether it's challenging. The call, the grace, the anointing doesn't change. 
Troy, thank you so much for your call. Just before we take another one, everyone's under the same regulations here, whether you are a Christian in business and you have a motivation to do kingdom business uh, or whether you are a person who is under the secular side and is uh, doing more a self-seeking or a profitable and perhaps there's community benefit to that. But uh, but regulations are going to be there for everyone. It's your attitude to those. And are Christians, do you think, a little bit more susceptible to the idea that government intrusion maybe should say, uh, let's stop doing business or not do it as big as we thought? Yeah, I kind of feel like all of this talk is a little bit like The Wizard of Oz. Like, it sounds big and scary, but when you pull back the curtain, there's not much there. Um, you know, like, it, it, it's never going to be any different. You know, if you, if you go back to if you go back to 100 years ago, right, the Communist Party were really strong and they made it really difficult and they shut down free trade and, and they got past that, just like we'll get past this. And, uh, and we'll find new ways and innovative ways of, of doing business and, and, and we will just keep going. The, the only thing we could possibly get wrong is to stop. If, if we just keep moving, we will achieve what the Lord wants us to achieve. Let's take another call. Richard is in Alstonville in New South Wales. Hello, Richard. Welcome. Uh, g'day, guys. Um, I had two, two quick questions for you. Um, the first one being... Um, so I've worked as a, like a contractor and stuff, and you mentioned before about um, uh, having purpose or the or, or the the just and um, and when when you when you grow your business and stuff, you grow it so that um, that it's to to glorify the Lord and and to you know support the like where it says Jesus said the widow and all that sort of stuff. So I guess my question for that is. It, does that more more relate to the fact of if you are earning you should be should be giving giving more than you than you keep or more than you save i guess that's my question first one that's a very practical question it's great um i i what i can't do is I'm, i can't give a blanket rule for that kind of answer i i think the, the only answer i could give you is be led by the spirit that the lord will guide you on how much he's giving you know because he wouldn't want you giving away money at, at the expense of being able to provide food and shelter for your family. So I, I think we've just got to, you know, we've, we've basically got to look at, okay, wh- what's in my hand? Uh, Lord, how would you like me to distribute it? There's a high chance it'll come with a stretch because the Lord wants us to grow in the area of, of being generous and giving. But yeah, we, we, we just have to make sure that we, we, we manage all of that. We don't have to give more than we keep. I think I think it also depends on the stage you're at. Like if you're starting out in business and and you don't have a lot of assets behind you, and you and you know you're going to want to go through a phase of of building some sort of legacy for your children's children, um, but then at some point, it, you know, we, we've got to make the switch and 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 have it not about us. And you know, the only kind of framework I would give you is if your business profits are increasing at the same rate as your lifestyle expenses, meaning that there's no money left for the Lord then I think we've got it wrong. Uh, Richard, did okay. you say you had a second question in there? Yeah, I, I, just one quickly. Um, I've been in YWAM for years, and we have a, uh, um, a leader, a gentleman from um, Canada. He's, he's, a, he's, what, he's what you call a spiritual mapper and a Christian economist. So he works in business and stuff. He, he likes a lot of books and stuff. He, he got a lot of governments in the Middle East and stuff doing missions work and like economist work. And he said that you can you can tell um, over history out of a hundred year period um, with the global economy where you know where kingdoms and stuff have r- r- risen and fallen where they have a twenty five year downturn. And I wanted to ask you, 
do you do you just look at your own like um, Australian economy, or, or or do you normally see things like abroad as well, like a global economy? If that makes any sense, it does for sure. Uh, be, I mean, I think it would depend on where I was in the world. As an Australian, we do have to look at the macro global economy for sure because we're so dependent on the rest of the world. Um, I guess th- this, what we're talking about on this call being the next 36, 48 months, that's going to be a global. That's going to be a global rebound. So it won't really matter where you are. But but other things, I mean, take the GFC. If you go back that time, uh, countries were hit way worse than others and, and Australia fared very, very well because we have the, the most robust banking system or one of the top four. So... Yeah, so you do have to look broader than Australia, though. Uh, Richard, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, we'll take some more calls in just a few moments. But let's pause and talk about uh, global issues for a few moments because uh, you'll have known, if especially if you're in business or you watch the finance news when you're watching whatever news service you do, you'll know that the whole world is about to be awash with something like uh, more than $2 trillion Australian dollars that's being put into the US economy as a level of stimulus. Stimulus there. How do you think that sort of stimulus affects the opportunities for Australians in business, Wes? Well, we should open up a branch in the US tomorrow. I mean, you know, if, 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 you've got a, if you've got a physical business and you're a consultant, then you can, you can start a website that's a .com and, and, and be operating there tomorrow with a PayPal button. If you've got a store, you could do the same thing. Like, th- I guess th- this, is, this is part of what I want to talk about practically when I come around the country for the tour. It's like, there are business models that you could do right now and do quite easily and put your hands around another entire economy and more revenue. Okay, taking calls, let's hear from Steve in Parks in New South Wales. Hi, Steve. Welcome along. Yeah, good day, uh, uh, Brother Neil and your distinguished guest. Uh, God bless you all. Uh, there's a saying that the Lord giveth, but I'd also like to add that Satan can take it away very quickly. And what I mean by that is why are the policymakers continually signing up to uh, trade deals that are totally against Australian interest? Uh, and I'm talking about the destruction of manufacturing in this country. I'd love to see a huge investment in Australia manufacturing electric cars. Uh, and yet it's not happening. You know, countries like Germany, Italy... Uh, even the United States, they're pouring billions into research and development of, um, uh, of all kinds of vehicles. They're trucks, tractors, but there's no visionary policy so that manufacturing can rebound and start making things like electric cars in this country. Steve, but let me just cut in here. There's plenty to work with here. Just to say, you know, uh, that scripture, in fact, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And that in itself is a question we're not going to address because I think you're really talking about uh, ethical trade deals uh, globally. And I think you're talking about the opportunities that might be there when it comes to issues like manufacturing. Wes, your thoughts for Steve? Yeah, so there's better people qualified than me to talk on economic policy globally. But uh, here's what I would say. I would say what we're up against here is we're up against politicians who typically have a four-year vision. Like, you know, the next election cycle is as far out as they can see. And and their number one goal is not to fix manufacturing. The number one goal is to get re-elected. And so they're obviously going to pick policies that do that. So how do we fix it? Steve, it's now fallen on your shoulders. 
It's time for you, Steve, to go around the country, speak to people in manufacturing, raise billions of dollars, and start the business. It's always going to be entrepreneurship that gets us out of trouble. We'll leave you with those thoughts, Steve. Thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. Norman is on the line from Innisfail in North Queensland. Hi, Norman. Welcome. Hello. How are you going? Good, Norman. Um, what are your I thoughts? Just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to ask Stephen a question. Uh, sorry, Wes, a question about... Um, investment from the government in job creation. I, I remember hearing an article that they were going to, to be allocating funding to people who can provide projects that will employ people. I've um, been, I've had a mission laid out before me to raise money for the Thin Green Line in um, Asia and Africa protecting the ranges. And I was wondering, um, do you have any ideas on how I can access that funding? Wes, uh, of course, there's been lots of programs, uh, job seeker, job keeper, now job maker, and uh, there is government support for all of these things uh, to where you might be at uh, for answering a question like that from Norman. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are the government have been phenomenal at giving us options to hire. Um, there's 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 more stimulus than ever before. There's an apprenticeship scheme that's amazing. I think, In fact, I think that's already been filled and they're looking to do a second one. Uh, there's lots of incentives to employ people that are younger and people that are older, uh, and we should be exploring all of it because we give the government enough money. If they give us some back to give us a kickstart, I think that's a good idea. Um, ultimately, uh, I would be going to take every single one of these stimuluses I can because they will help the economy get on, on back on track faster. Uh, Norman, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's just uh, just pause for a moment to reflect on these sorts of things here, Wes. Uh, when a caller uh, says, uh, you know, what about all of the government uh, benefits that can help a business? And you say, take advantage of everything that you can. Some people might be saying, well, uh, you know, isn't that cheating? Uh, I thought I was trusting God. Uh, what are your thoughts about the government and the way they play a role in the growth of Christian businesses, just like every other business that they're trying to support to build an economy. The government are not doing this to be kind. The government have run their numbers and said, okay, well, if we give you know, a $10,000 stimulus to employ a, you know, somebody who wasn't in work to get back to work, that's worth more than $10,000 in taxes you know, while they're working. And so, and so we, but they need to partner with us to get it done. They, they're not going to employ them. And so so all we're doing is is being part of the solution when we do that. The hardest part actually is finding uh, people that want to work. Like irregardless of the stimulus, the hardest thing right now is finding talent of people that want to show up and do a good job. Now, let me come back to this Facebook question that we've been asking today. In economic boom times, how does a Christian business prepare for godly success? And there are some things that come to mind when I think of that question, and I'll get your thoughts here. The application of a biblical wisdom, and I know you love to talk about a biblical wisdom applied into the marketplace today. So when we talk about things like hard work, we can glean things from the scriptures. When we talk about having an adjusted attitude because we have a Christian faith, uh, we have a different attitude to the way things ought to be working out ahead of us. Prayerful optimism, stewardship, pastoral care of our staff and our customers, the idea of record keeping and financial integrity. Some people will say, that all sounds too hard. I think I want to take some shortcuts. Your thoughts here, uh, Wes, on the idea of shortcuts 
as opposed or contrasted to applying those biblical wisdom principles that ultimately ought to see your business flourish? What are your thoughts here? Uh, everyone can take shortcuts. It's easy to do. The problem is, is that you know you quite often end up with a business that's a house of cards, uh, and any little thing can can knock those over. I think I think if if we're going to do uh, you know success, godly success in the marketplace, that has to be doing it God's way. That that's got to be the the ultimate marker for success. And so the Lord gives us lots of ideas. Talk about financial success. There's a story in the Bible that says what kind of man goes to build a tower, doesn't first go away and work out the cost lest he can't finish it. So it talks us about understanding, like knowing knowing the state of our flocks. Like it's it's all there. So if it's taught in Scripture and it can be used today, then it would make sense to apply those things to our life for the sake of showing the Lord we want his way first irrespective of what it means to our business being, you know, is it a good idea or a bad idea? Irrespective of those things, if we just apply the way the Lord says to trade and show him that our character is trustworthy, then he can bring the increase. Well, since you started the Kingdom Business Summits back in 2012, undoubtedly there is something demonstrated, that there is a hunger that there is a desire in Christian business people, A, to network with other Christian business people, to understand biblical principles and how they might apply into the marketplace. Some people will say, I've been to one of these Kingdom Business Summits before, why should I go again? And there'll be others who are saying, well, I've never been to one, and I'm hearing that thousands of people typically attend these summits now, Uh, why should I go? So for for the person who's never been and maybe a first-timer this time round, or for the person who's been before, a very quick is running out of time here but uh, why would we actually sign up and go along to the kingdom business summit tour the momentum tour coming up if you've never been before then the, the biggest feedback i get is that all i did was put words and structure to what a lot of people have already been thinking they feel a call and all i'm able to do is rationalize the practical element of business with the spiritual obligation of doing the king's work and that's really valuable for people to see that and hear that For those that have been before this tour, we're going to talk about brand new content. It's fresh. I've never talked about it before. It is relevant to this moment in time to build businesses, take advantage of the economic boom and advance the kingdom of God. As always, I wish we had more time to talk, but Wes Hone, founder of the Kingdom Business Summits, uh, leading the Momentum Tour. Now, the tour is starting on the 22nd of March. As I look at the date, it's already the 5th. So you're running short of time, perhaps need to get on board and sign up to be a part of this Kingdom Business Summit Momentum Tour. Now, it's on the 22nd of March. The very first one is in Brisbane, and the very first one will be live-streamed, Wes. Just quickly before I give other dates here, the one that's happening in Brisbane, live-streamed all around Australia, how do people get on that live-stream? Yeah, so um, so we're running both. The Brisbane one will be a physical event with people in the room, but we're also live-streaming that for those that can't get to a city. Um, and we will just send out a link and we'll have everybody. It'll be interactive. We'll have big screens with the people in the room that are on the live stream and we'll see them and they'll see us. It'll be, it'll be great. Okay. The live stream, 22nd of March in Brisbane, then the Gold Coast on the 23rd of March, then Sydney on the 24th, Melbourne on the 25th, Adelaide on the 26th of March. I imagine people in WA might need to wait. Well, unfortunately, their their premier makes life really difficult because he because he shuts the border on the spot. But they can always join the live stream. Okay, let me tell listeners how you can connect with Wes Hone. 
kingdombusiness.com.au. That's kingdombusiness.com.au. The Momentum Tour, as I say, starts on the 22nd of March, and that is the one you can live stream all over Australia. Uh, No border boundaries with the live stream. Western Australian listeners can be a part of that, and if you're in business in WA, you may be as desperate to hear these sorts of principles coming from a Christian biblical foundation as everyone else around the country, and you are not locked out. The live stream is for you on the 22nd of March. Go to kingdombusiness.com.au. And uh, Wes Hone, always great getting your insights. Thank you so much for taking some time to share these with listeners on 2020 today. It's great to be back, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.